Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Raider Nation. Welcome to Believe in Raiders podcast and the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Dennis Ackerman. I'll be joined by former Raider great Stanford Ralph Stan. Raiders wrapped up the 2022 season much like the way it began with a loss. This time it was at home to the Kansas City Chiefs. Stan, over the last 20 years or so, the Raiders have been part of a lot of disappointing, uh, bad seasons as well. How would you describe the 2022 season? Oh, wow. Uh, it definitely... Um disappointing. I think uh, that's a word that most people would agree with. Um, I think when you look at how there was so many expectations, there was so much momentum coming into this season. Obviously, the 2021 season, they finished on their four-game win streak. They wind up making the playoffs. Obviously, they lose in the first round to the eventual, the eventual AFC champion, uh, Cincinnati Bengals. And then this past offseason, they add Devontae Adams. They add Chandler Jones. So it's looking like, okay, you know what? These are the missing pieces. This is what they need to go forward. But obviously, we see that uh, Denver, they made some additions. So did the Los Angeles Chargers. And we all knew coming into this year that it was going to be a loaded division. And just like I told you back in the offseason, how when you asked me, how did I think the AFC West was going to play out? I told you right, right then and there. I would not be surprised one through four, <laughs> whatever you want to rank them, or whether it was the direct opposite upside down. And obviously we see the Raiders were on the downside of that uh, this season. And I think that when you really break it all the way down, it just leaves a lot to be desired. Obviously Derek Carr is the one who got a huge brunt of that blame. Uh, definitely was a lot to go around. You saw the defense broke a record for the most double-digit leads that they relinquished throughout the uh, throughout the season. So it just uh, left a lot to be desired. And I, to put it in one simple term, let's just go ahead and just say disappointing. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Stan. I mean, like you said, they make the playoffs in 2021. Uh, then in the offseason, they acquired Devontae Adams. They get Chandler Jones. Stan, to me, it just seemed like Derek uh, Carr and Josh McDaniels were never really uh, appeared to be on the same page. And like you say, he he's the scapegoat. And uh, you know what? There was also, like you talked about, the NFL record five losses in games in which they held double figures uh, figure leads. And then they lose to the Indianapolis Colts in Jeff Saturday. And by the way, Jeff Saturday and the Colts went 0-7 the rest of the season <laughs> you know, after they played the Raiders. So uh, I'm with you 100%. 100% disappointing, 6-11. and And now they've got the entire offseason to try and get this uh, figured out. And Stan, before we dive into the offseason, I want to ask you something. As someone who played in the NFL for eight years, the Kansas City Chiefs, when they went into that little, you know, merry-go-round in the huddle and they came out of the huddle, did you find that disrespectful at all to the Raiders? Oh, you know, I actually uh, I actually put that in my stories. Uh, whenever I saw that, uh, that post that the NFL made about, you know, the Chiefs just out here just, you know, playing ring around the uh, <laughs> ring around the, the, the merry-go-round um, that, you know, little kids play back in elementary school. And I'll say this, you know, I, I will definitely say this is how, and I, I said in my stories how that's disrespectful, but it was in a very tongue-in-cheek type of way. And I say that because I'm a huge component of this is a man's game. Ain't no boys allowed in this. So if you're going against an opponent and let's say I get beat on a touchdown, 
guy is dancing in the end zone, celebrating, you know, doing whatever he wants to dance or whatever. I just shouldn't have let him in the end zone. <laughs> and the thing is about me being a former Raider and obviously a former chief for a brief amount of time, maybe you should not be allowing the offense to be able to move the ball that easily where they feel that they can do that. Because I tell you this, <laughs> you ain't going to see no Kansas City Chiefs do that if they're playing the Cincinnati Bengals in the AFC title game again. You're not going to see that. So that to me, that's where it's very easy to say, oh, that's so disrespectful. You know, like they're disrespecting the game, no class. Yeah, 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 whatever. You know, like this ain't Sunday school. This ain't choir practice. Like this is, these are men out here. And there's only one way to stop the other team from winning. There's only way to stop that other man from being successful. And much like John Gruden said way back when they were on Hard Knocks, uh, Hard Knocks years ago, John, uh, John Gruden said, he said, he's not in the dreams, he's in, he's in the nightmares. Because for me to accomplish my dreams means I have to crush yours. So for me to be successful on this football field as a defense means we have to stop you as the offense. And so if you can't do that, then don't sit over there and cry and complain about somebody not having class or that being disrespectful. They're acting like that because they don't respect you. But should they? And that's where me as a defender, if another team is doing that, that's where I got to look inside myself and say, okay, you know what? I'm clearly not bringing it to where they feel that they have to show me a requisite level of respect. So it's very easy to go and say disrespectful, no class, this, that, and the other. But at the end of the day, if somebody's picking on you, just like my father told me growing up, and matter of fact, he, he just uh, called me a few minutes ago. If somebody's picking on you, that just means that you're not standing up for yourself and you're not defending yourself. That's how you got to look at that. So, uh, so to your question, that's how I interpret that as a defender the defender inside of me won't allow me to sit and blame them for their not taking the moment serious, but why would they? They just wrapped up the number one seed in the AFC. Yeah. Thank you, Stan. I agree hundred percent with you. You know, when I'm sitting here watching games sometimes with people and they're like, Oh, he shouldn't celebrate in the end zone like that. He got he scores a touchdown or why is that guy celebrating a sack? And I'm like, well, if you don't like it, maybe the team that allowed it shouldn't allow yeah. it to happen. So they don't won't let him be in doing there. it. Right. Yeah, don't Thank don't let him in there. Stan. Yes. Period. I could, I could not agree with you more, Stan. I, we were 100% on the same exact page. And I, I think right after they did that, Stan, that play they ran went for a touchdown, but I think it was holding. And then on the very yeah. next play, the Chiefs scored a touchdown. Very next play. Yeah. And Score I the damn you. touchdown. <laughs> I know. And I so, said, you. Go ahead, Stan. So you see why they're playing ring around, uh, what, ring, ring around, around the, the rosy bush. Yeah. Yeah. Ring, you see why they're doing it. So they go. They do the ring around the rosy. They then score a touchdown doing a uh, uh, trick play. <laughs> Somehow, somewhere, they get a holding call, right. some, sort of, some sort of offensive penalty. And then literally, literally, Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes are probably in the headset. Oh, damn. Got the penalty. Oh, oh hey, Pat, what you want to call? Hey, man, hey, hey, let's go. Hey, we got the penalty. Uh, whatever. We'll score on the next play. And they literally scored on the next play so that right there is it just goes to show that's why they're out here having fun like this because clearly they're having their way and like i said i'm a former raider i'm a i'm a, I'm a db at heart i understand that obviously this is a raider podcast but that's where i i, I can't just sit over there and uh and be a complete homer to where 
I'm not being logical or I'm not simply having a gladiator or that animalistic man type of energy or bravado where I'm not going to blame you because you're dominating me. Like, I, I can't do that. But yeah, I mean, it was, I mean you, you cannot call it any more atrocious than they run the trick play. They get the penalty. Okay. All right. Moving back a few yards. <laughs> and then they score very next play. So like that just goes to show like bitches out here just having fun. Yep. Like, oh, oh, we got penalty. Oh, what? Well, hey, what's going on the next one? It's all exactly. <laughs> so hey, listen. I, like sometimes, sometimes you gotta laugh to keep from crying. Uh, no doubt about that. But as a defender, that is something that Rod Woodson. That is something that Lionel Washington. That is something that Kevin Ross, who's right now the DB coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Willie Brown, God rest his soul. That is something that Al Davis, that is something that my father, I don't know how many countless people that have coached me over the years that would literally look me in my eye and say, Stan, stop bitching and complaining that they're, that they're scoring or they're dancing in the end zone or that they're, you know, celebrating. Don't let them in there if you don't want to see them have to, if you don't want to see them dance, you don't want to see the celebration, you don't want to see them lollygagging or hot dogging, don't let them in there, plain and simple. Absolutely. All right, before we dive into the offseason, let me get our promo to read in here. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from NFL and bowl season to esports, you'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BLEAVE to receive your rewards. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, Stan. Uh, the Raiders have a very long to-do list in the offseason, and it begins with finding a new quarterback, revamping that offensive line, and overhauling that defense stand. So let's begin with the quarterback situation. Now, the Raiders have three days following the Super Bowl, which is February the 15th. They want to go yep. ahead and cut Derek Carr. Now, the Raiders will take a small cap hit if they choose to go this round, free up just over $29 million in cap space. But, Stan, I think we both see a scenario in which they hold on to him, try and trade uh, car, despite the fact he has a no trade clause. So my first question to you, Stan, is how much do you think they can get in return for him? And keep in mind, he is still owed $140 million over his next three years on that current deal. You say as far as draft uh, draft compensation, correct? Which is whatever you can get for him. Do you think you can get a third rounder? Do you think you can get a first rounder? Are you going to have to send... Derek Carr and maybe the Raiders second round pick to another team to get maybe their quarterback. I don't know. What kind of value do you think you can get in return right now for Derek Carr? Oh, I think that you'll be able to get probably at the very worst, I would imagine. I'd probably say a third round pick uh, for Derek Carr and probably a starter, uh, maybe not like a Pro Bowl level player or something like that. But I do believe that uh, you can probably get about a third round pick and let's just say a, a serviceable or let's just say a middle of the pack uh, type of uh, level starter, not some elite player, nobody like that, but you can definitely get a third round pick in a starter just because you look at right now, who do the Indianapolis Colts have to go as far as uh, look at a quarterback? You look at the New York Jets. I mean, yeah, Robert Salas says that they're going to go ahead and be patient with Zach Wilson and things like that. So the Carolina Panthers, 
Like there are so many teams in this league right now, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who right now they need a quarterback. And when you look at Derek Carr, obviously he led the league uh, in uh, in interceptions, but Derek Carr is still a very, very capable, serviceable quarterback. So he's not going to go to another team and just go and be in a backup. They're going to no, bring him not. in as they're going to bring him in as a starter. Now I think where it's really going to be contingent upon is is it going to be a team that Derek Carr is willing to waive his no-trade clause for? That, to me, is going to be the huge sticking point. But as far as a team stepping up, willing to give a third-round pick and in uh, a, a serviceable starter, a, a middle-of-the-pack, average-level starter, oh, yeah, I do believe that there's easily going to be a team that's going to do that. It's just a matter of will Derek Carr be willing to waive his no-trade clause for that team? Yeah, I agree with you, Stan. I think that's going to be the big sticking point. And I think, you know, Derek's always been so loyal to the Raiders. He's been the face of this franchise for over the last nine years, good and bad, thick and thin. Uh, but the way they traded him, I think, over the last couple of years is Derek, I mean, not a couple of years, beg your pardon, the last couple of weeks, is Derek going to hold that against the Raiders or is he going to be willing, he and his agent, to work with the silver and black on a trade partner, one that works for both the Raiders uh, and Derek Carr. I think that's going to be the million-dollar question, and we're just going to have to see yeah. how it all plays out over the next, uh, <clears throat> beg your pardon, couple of months or so. All right, Stan, well, it's a foregone conclusion. Derek is gone, so now the question lies, who's the Raiders' starting quarterback next year? So let's play a game. I'm going to throw out about four options. Give me a percentage okay. of what you think we're, we're at now. All right, Stan, okay. the, name we're all, the name we're all hearing, and obviously Tom Brady. Uh, we know he's the GOAT. He's going to be 46 years old, coming off his first losing season, despite the fact that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in the playoffs. Uh, he did throw for nearly 4,700 yards this year in 25 TDs. Give me a percentage that you think he's going to be the Raiders' starting quarterback next year. Oh, well, I'm probably being, uh, this is me, this is me wishfully thinking what I'm about to say, but I, I, I'd say zero. Because Tom Brady, we all know he's the GOAT seven Super Bowls more than any other franchise in NFL history. And I think Tom Brady, obviously he's in the twilight of his career. He's got maybe what, two more years, maybe three tops. Maybe maybe one, maybe none. Exactly. So for Tom Brady to really have the opportunity to win another championship, because for him to come back just to be 10 and seven, nine and eight, that just that, that just doesn't seem like it's worth it to me. So to avoid that, to alleviate that, I would love to see Tom Brady go back to New England. Now, obviously, him and Bill Belichick, they're going to have to sit down, have a coming to Jesus moment, things like that. But I would love to see him go back there. And I say that because that's what it appears. That's why Tom Brady uh, was willing to retire after uh, last season, because you look at how everything unraveled in the 2021 season. And it was just the lack of discipline. Bruce Arians doesn't run as tight of a ship as Bill Belichick does. And I think that started to wear on Tom Brady. Tom Brady, he craves that discipline, that structure. You're not going to find that anywhere other than Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. And that's why you ask that question. I say zero. That's me wishfully thinking, not because I don't think Tom Brady is a great quarterback, but I want to see Tom Brady be where he can truly flourish. And I think that when you look at the Las Vegas Raiders, As much as I love the Las Vegas Raiders, they're not all the way buttoned up. (laughs) And that right there is probably going to draw the ire of Tom Brady. So why go to a situation that you already know just from the outside looking in that is not going to be 
working fundamentally what you, you what you crave, what you actually gravitate to, what you know puts you in the best position to be successful individually and as a team. So that's why, to your point, or should I say to your question, wishfully thinking, I say zero because I think that uh, ultimately New England is where he has the best opportunity to win his next title. Yeah, all right. Well, maybe Josh McDaniel's influence doesn't uh, bold well for the Raiders, or maybe the Chiefs being in the Raiders' division and Patrick Mahomes uh, might play a factor in the decision <laughs> yeah, that's as well. You know? <laughs> <laughs> all right, Stan. Uh, even though he's currently still a 49er, we know Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be a free agent in the offseason as well. He's 31 years old, 67% career passer. At times, Stan, he seemed like a game manager to me, and at other times he's felt like he's more than that. Uh, he did take the 49ers to the Super Bowl. Uh, what, a few years ago? So give me a percentage you think he's wearing the silver and black next year. Uh, I would probably go, I think that's probably about a good 50-50 chance um, for him to possibly be a Las Vegas Raider. You got the Josh McDaniels connection, obviously. Uh, obviously, you know, the Las Vegas Raiders now being in Nevada, no longer in the Bay Area, right there uh, with the 49ers, just on the opposite side of the Bay Bridge. Uh, but I think that uh, I think that could be a, a feasible uh, acquisition, or should I say opportunity for uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, because we're so, we're assuming he's going to be able to come back healthy next year. Everything's going to be just fine. Josh McDaniels, he definitely wants somebody who understands his system, and we know that Jimmy G is able to do that. Yeah, when I look at Brady, I think if Brady comes with a silver and black, I'm like, one year maybe, maybe, maybe. One year is all we're getting. Jimmy Garoppolo, I feel like, okay, he's still serviceable for, for a yeah. few more years. Definitely no doubt about that. All right, Stan, uh, Jared Stidham, he is a free agent. He had his two-game audition at the end of the season for the Raiders. I thought he played well against the 49ers, uh, pedestrian against the Chiefs. Where do you put that percentage? Uh, I would probably go ahead and put that maybe somewhere in the 30s to 40%, something like that. I think that it's still a, a healthy uh, uh, possibility that he could wind up back in the, in the silver and black, just maybe even as a backup. But who knows? I think that uh, Josh McDaniels is definitely going to want somebody who understands his system, somebody that understands him as well. You go back to when he first got the head coaching job for the Denver Broncos. The very first thing that he did was try to trade for Matt Castle after that year where he started 15 games for Tom Brady, who tore his ACL in week one against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, so I think that we can see Josh McDaniels has a type. We can see Josh McDaniels, he wants somebody who he's been around. He doesn't necessarily want somebody who's brand new. He doesn't want to go on a blind date, per se. So <laughs> I think that uh, anybody that the Raiders have within their organization who's going to be next in line for the quarterback position at the helm is going to be somebody that, A, Josh McDaniels knows, they know him, they understand his scheme, or somebody who's able to supersede those natural preferences that he has as far as like an elite quarterback, maybe an Aaron Rodgers. I'm pretty sure you're probably going to ask me about him next. You know, a Pat Mahomes, a uh, Josh Allen, which we know that ain't happening, or Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, somebody who's able to supersede the, those natural preferences. But other than those guys, I don't see anybody being a black and silver starting quarterback that Josh McDaniels does not have previous ties to. Yeah, I think Jared Stidham is going to be back. I almost feel like that's going to be 100%. Now, whether is it a stopgap starting quarterback for a year? I don't know whether it's a backup quarterback. Not sure to be seen, but I definitely think he is back. I'm not going to ask you about Aaron Rodgers because, Dan, he makes so much money, and I think you just have to give up way too much. Uh, he's going to be 40 years old. I do not think he played well. I, I just don't see a scenario where Aaron Rodgers is quarterback in the silver and black next year. I was going to – my last uh, choice for you – 
uh, is a rookie quarterback. The Raiders have the number seven pick, and obviously it would probably have to trade up uh, to get maybe in the top two or three to get maybe a C.J. Stroud or a Bryce Young. I don't know what the Bears are doing. The, the Texans who have the number two pick, obviously, uh, they need a quarterback. So can you see a scenario in which the Raiders use that seventh pick and something else to move up, and you've got a rookie starting quarterback next year for the Raiders? I mean, I, like, you know, obviously you mentioned C.J. Stroud. You mentioned Bryce Young. But you look at the one out of Kentucky. I forget his name. Will Evans, but, uh, I yeah, something like that. So he's, yeah. you know, he's highly ranked. He's highly touted as well. I think that presently assembled right now with the draft order, I think you'll see a quarterback still on the board by the seventh pick. Now, is it going to be the quarterback you want? Is he going to be the one that was highest rated on your board? Things like that. I don't know. But I think that right now, presently assembled at the number seven spot, there will be a top quarterback available for the Raiders to go ahead and snack. But I think that for Josh McDaniels, I think Josh McDaniels is going to want somebody who's already proven in this league. I don't think Josh McDaniels is going to want to take somebody that he's going to have to groom, somebody that he's going to have to go ahead and teach. Now, there is no Trevor Lawrence. There is no Andrew Luck. There is no bona fide. We know this guy's going to be a stud. We know he's going to be a 15-year starter for whatever team that drafts him. There isn't that in this draft. Obviously, C.J. Stroud, we know that. We got a Bryce Young out of Alabama. We got the Will Levins uh, guy out of Kentucky. But we see how Tua played his first couple years in the league. Guy with Mike McDaniel played well this year at certain stretches. But he's injury prone. We see, can you name me an Ohio State quarterback who actually has produced at an average level in the NFL? And stand out off the top of my head. I can tell no. by the look on your face, you no. struggle. Yeah, and absolutely. That, and that's why I'm going to shy away from C.J. Stroud. Okay. I don't know him personally. I know he's from Southern California. He's a, he's a stud. We all know that. I can see that. I got eyes. But when you look at how Ohio State is basically an SEC team playing in the Big Ten, which we already know the speed, the quickness, the skill guys, they're much better in the South. They're much better in the SEC or the Big 12, maybe even the Pac-12 than the Big 10. The Big 10 is all about big, strong, physical football. It's in between the trenches. Now, that's where you go for the offensive lineman. That's where you may go for a running back. But when you're looking at the skill guys and you see C.J. Stroud with these guys, Marvin Harrison Jr., these guys are running scot-free, wide open down the middle of the field, that right there, you got to ask yourself, you got to wonder, is it that C.J. Stroud is simply playing on a team that is just physically better than the team against them on the opposite side of the ball? Or is he really out there dealing like he's Dan Marino or Joe Montana? And to this day, I have not seen an Ohio State quarterback go to the NFL and play at any higher of a level than a middle-of-the-pack, serviceable, just-a-guy type of starter. Yeah, you're right. Will Levis is the name of the kid from uh, Kentucky. By the way, I want to make sure we get that right. All right, Stan. So let me ask you this now. Then let's move on. And if the Raiders stand pat at number seven, and we've talked about all the needs, quarterback, offensive line, overhauling that defense. If you're picking at number seven, and by the way, the Raiders do have 11 draft choices this year, not only their own, but compensation picks as well. Um, Stan, do you, do you target a specific player or are you just, you know what? Who's ever on your board, whoever the best player available is on the board when you're picking, that's who you're taking. Uh, I think that right now, when you look at the Las Vegas Raiders, 
you you know what you got within Max Crosby. Obviously, stud edge rusher who's a, who's good against the run and the pass. So we know that. But I think that you you got to get yourself a playmaker, a difference maker at that linebacker spot. You got to get a difference maker in the secondary. Period. You have to. Now, like I said, you can attack it through free agency. Obviously, you can go ahead and attack it a little bit at the draft. But right now, you look at Anderson, the linebacker out of Alabama, who's going to be a high pick. I don't think he's going to be there at number seven. And when you look right now at the draft boards, a lot of the early draft projections, things like that, is there a guy right now in college football who you know is going to go plug right into my defense? And I know he is going to be an instant impact maker. Let's say, who was the Jim Thorpe Award winner this past season? Oh, gosh, Dan, I'm blanking on it right now. Out of TCU, LaDainian Tomlinson's uh, nephew, the corner. And we see how he played in the national championship game just a couple days ago. So my point that I'm trying to make, and by the way, his award was much deserved, so no disrespect to him. The point what I'm trying to make is, I think at that number seven spot, it's going to take more than just one number seven uh, pick overall to go ahead and help out this defense. It's going to take more than that. So you're going to have to go ahead. You're going to have to attack the draft. You're going to have to have a good draft. You see how the Seattle Seahawks got six guys starting on the team as rookies. So you see that you're going to have to attack the draft, but also you're going to have to attack free agency, plain and simple. It's not going to be you just going and getting one guy, Chandler Jones, and then thinking that's going to go ahead and change everything. You're going to have to go ahead and make about two or three signings, and they're going to have to be on the second and third levels, not just you adding or bolstering that pass rush. You're going to have to add a playmaker to the linebacking spot and back to the secondary if you want to get some sort of defensive stop, some sort of performance, high performance level out of that uh, out of that defense because giving up, what is it, five double-digit leads yep. throughout the course of the season, which is an NFL record, yes. you, you can't do that and win. You can't. Nope. nope. Let me ask you a question, Stan. You mentioned TCU. Obviously, they lost uh, Monday night in the college football championship game to Georgia, and they were they're basically embarrassed, sixty-five to seven. As a former player, college uh, and NFL, would you rather lose like that or not go to a championship game? The competitor in me would yeah. much rather lose in the championship game uh, than lose in the semis or not even go to the college football playoff. Just because you know what's the saying? You got to be in it to win it. So just off of that alone. If you're telling me, hey, Stan, you have an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. Now, I don't know what's going to happen, but you have an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. I would take that every day of the week and twice on Sunday just because I got to be in it to win it. Right. Who knows? I may be going against a juggernaut of a team, but they might have an off day. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? So I'm never going to pick against not being there. Just because, hey, you lost 65 to 7 to Georgia. Who ain't Georgia beat? Georgia beat Alabama. So you're in great company, TCU, as far as teams that have fallen to the big red, the Georgia Bulldogs, Kirby Smart out there in Athens, Georgia. You're in great company. So I'd much rather go to the big one. I'd much rather lose in the big one. I'd much rather get embarrassed in the big one than be Ohio State. I mean, hey, we played them real close in the semis. Yeah. But your ass was still at home watching on Monday night like everybody else. So I would still much rather lose, get blown out, get embarrassed, 
in the biggest game of the year rather than simply not make it because you know what? At least I was there and you got to be in it to win it. Yeah, give, give me the opportunity and let the chips fall where they might. I get exactly. it. Exactly. I get it. I get it. All right, let's get back to the Raiders now, Stan. And they have 26 free agents. I'm not going to list them all because some of them, you know, are certainly not coming back. I just wanted to go, go over the key free agents. And if you think they're going to be back with the silver and black, or should the Raiders even consider bringing them back? And I, I just want to start with Jared Stidham, quarterback, most important position on the team. I, I think we kind of hit on that one earlier. I think he's coming back. Yeah, uh, I want him back. Yeah, whether he's a starter or, or as a backup, mm-hmm. we, we yeah. both agree with that. Uh, the big one to me, Josh Jacobs. He led the NFL in rushing uh, in 2022. They didn't pick up his fifth-year option. Stan, they got to bring him back, right? Absolutely, unless you're going to go out and go get some running back who you feel is better than him, a Nick Chubb, maybe a Derrick Henry, or let's say, I don't know, an Aaron Jones from Green Bay, which I don't think you're getting any of those guys, right. unless you're going to go and get somebody who you can sit, you can stand on the table. You can make the argument that, hey, we think he's better than Josh Jacobs and not just be saying it just to say it. I don't think that uh, I don't think that that would be wise. I don't think that would be prudent for you to not bring him back without having a solidified upgrade in space. I'm sorry, in position to go ahead and uh, and take his place. I don't think that would be wise, not at all. I agree with you, and we'll see if they can get a deal worked out. Hopefully, maybe even franchise tag him uh, just to even bring him back. All right, uh, on the defensive side, Cleve Farrell. Uh, they didn't pick up his fifth year option, ten sacks in four seasons. Man, he made nearly $8 million last year. Uh, Stan, you want him back? You think they should bring him back? Uh, I, 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 I don't see why you're going to want to bring him back because you already did not pick up his fifth-year option. And in his year where you did not pick up his fifth-year option, which essentially is his contract year, he did not leap off the page. He didn't leap off the screen. He didn't have a stellar year like we see with the Josh Jacobs. So that's why I think that unless it's like on a league minimum, you know, some sort of small prove-it deal, something like that, you got Chandler Jones. I'm assuming he's going to be there next year unless you trade him or something like that. You got Max Crosby. So... What do you really need with a Cleveland Farrell at a high salary, even the eight million that he made this past season? So uh, I would not I would not look to bring him back unless it was on a smaller deal or something like that, just because if you're the Raiders, they did not pick up his fifth year option. You didn't pick it up for a reason, dude. So that to me right there signifies where their mindset is. All right, let's stay with the defense. Denzel Perriman led the Raiders and. Tackles the last two years, but he's also been very injury-prone. Stan, he's 30, made $3 million last year. I'd like to see him back, but at a friendly, yes. maybe incentive-led deal. Absolutely. Want to see him back, uh, like I said, and at the very least, let's say you go, you draft some other linebacker high, you can have Denzel Perriman there to go ahead, be that leader, that coach in the locker room that can go ahead and get the, the, the young guy up to speed, things like that. But you definitely still need that veteran presence. So, yes, I, w- I would want Denzel Perriman back. All right, cornerback Rocky Sini, quieter in the trade with Indy, um, appeared in 11 games. He's played four years in the NFL, Stan. He has never played a full season because of injuries. I think that, yeah, you're going to have him back, but he's going to be more in a number two cornerback role, maybe in a nickelback role, something like that, not being your number one guy. But like I said, I'll repeat it again, D.A., you need to go ahead and overhaul that secondary. You need to overhaul that defense outside of Max Crosby and a few other people. but. If you cannot do that, that's why there's still certain guys that you want to have within the fold. And I think for Rocky Asin, I think that he has ability. Obviously, like you said, injury prone, been in the league for years, has not been able to go ahead and play a full season at its entirety. So 
definitely still want to have him in the mix, but you may not want to have him be your guy, your linchpin that you can go ahead and hang your hat on. All right, let's go over the offensive side of the football. Now, wide receiver Mac Hollins coming off a career high, 57 catches. Uh, I would look to go ahead and still want to have him in the mix. Obviously, we see Devontae Adams. He's your number one guy. You got a Darren Waller. You got a uh, you got my man in the middle. I'm sorry, the slide receiver. Uh, uh, yep. So still, you want that third or fourth option. You still want somebody who can go ahead and beat that coverage on the third corner, maybe a safety inside linebacker, something like that. So I would still look to want to go and have him in the mix as well and not just go ahead and flip him the deuce. All right. Tight end Foster Morrow, career high, 33 receptions, outstanding blocker, Stan, and he's been invaluable, especially with uh, Darren Waller being injury prone the last couple of seasons. Yeah, I would, I would definitely want him back as well. Obviously, he's going to be in a limited role because we're hoping that Darren Waller is able to bounce back, have uh, get uh, get free of the injuries and things like that, get back to how he was playing about two to three years ago. And like I said, I'm to the I'm of the mindset that if I cannot find somebody that I know is a definitive upgrade for a lot of these guys, I'd much rather just go ahead and bring them back because to me, on the offense side of the ball, I'm assuming we're going to have better quarterback play this year. And after Derek Carr is departed to whichever team he's going to be a part of, I'm assuming we're going to have better quarterback play. To me, I'm all about fixing this defense. So on the offense side of the ball, I like a lot of the pieces. I feel like the quarterback play went down a little bit this year, and that's why you see certain leads being relinquished. That's why you see certain moments in the fourth quarter. The Raiders not able to get over the hump. So as far as those guys on the offense side of the ball, I don't hate them. I'm not sitting up here poo-pooing over them or anything like that. I would like to see a majority of them back in the field in the fall because I think they did a good job. Uh, but, yeah, to your point, uh, Matt Collins, uh, uh, Foster, uh, I would think that they would be good guys in the complete rotation within the offense side of the ball of Josh McDaniel's scheme. Yeah, I agree. I think the Hollins and uh, definitely Morrow should be back with a silver and black in 2023. Uh, just FYI, the Raiders currently have $34 million in cap space heading into the new season. All right, finally, Stan, the playoffs are set, so it's prediction time. Uh, tell me who's coming out of the AFC. Tell me who's coming out of the NFC and who's winning the Super Bowl. Ooh, you know, I don't know what it is, um, but it's just something about those Cincinnati Bengals. Ooh. It's something about those guys, and it, I guess it's Joe Burrow. goes all the way back to his days at LSU when I fell in love with him that 2019 season. I don't know what it is, but it's just something about those damn Bengals that I just think that they're going to sneak out of that AFC again. Oh, I, nice. I really, really do. I think Kansas City, obviously, Pat Mahomes prove that he can get it done without Tariq Hill. We know that Travis Kelsey is great. We all know that. I think that somehow, somewhere, that Kansas City defense, especially in the back end, I don't see them being able to stop Cincinnati having all of their dogs ready to go if that aerial attack. I just don't see them being able to stop them, and that's why I would pick Cincinnati to come out of the AFC. Now, when you look over at the NFC, that's where it gets that, that that's where it's murky. And that's where I really think it just comes down to matchups because you got the Philadelphia Eagles with the number one seed. And then obviously, like I said, they have faltered down the stretch for much of the season. You got the uh, San Francisco 49ers, Brock Purdy, man, I'm loving the way that he's been playing. But is that rookie going to is that rookie going to play at the same level in the playoffs? And that's I see the look on your face. And that's where that's where it gets real tricky. And then, you know, Tampa Bay. Like Tom Brady somehow, some way still won his division. 
has a home playoff game. And I think the Dallas Cowboys, I think they're nervous. So if you're asking me right now, gun to my head, out of the NFC, I can't, I, I, I don't believe in Minnesota. I don't. Oh God, no. I, I don't know why. I just don't. I would probably go with out of the NFC, let's say I'd go with I'd go with the 49ers. Wow. All right. I I I, I like Buffalo. I especially after everything they've been going through uh lately. I like Buffalo I, and I like Philadelphia. And oh, man, I don't know who I, if Jalen Hurts is healthy, I, I think I'm I'm go, I would go with Philadelphia over Buffalo in the Super Bowl. But that's a big if right now with that shoulder with him. So all right, you're going you're going San Francisco, Cincinnati. We've seen that matchup a couple times before. Who would you pick to win? Mm. I uh, Cincinnati and San Francisco because Cincinnati has had I- injuries on the offensive line, and that's where San Francisco is at their strongest. <laughs> I would go with San Francisco uh, beating Cincinnati in the Super Bowl. Uh, Bill, who's a loyal listener to the show, he's certainly going to love that prediction. He's a big Niner <laughs> fan. <laughs> hey, just want to thank all of uh, everybody who's listened to this podcast throughout uh, the season. We appreciate all your loyalty and. And tuning in each week, I want to thank uh, my wife for all her patience for <laughs> allowing me to do this. And I want to uh, credit our editor, Saul, Saul Chavez, who's done a great job uh, editing this podcast. Every week you do a great job. So just want to give a quick shout out to everybody. Thank you so much for everything for this uh, 2022 yes, thank season. Thank you, guys. All right, Raider Nation, that's going to do it for another edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast presented by BetOnline.ag. For my partner, Stanford Rapp, I'm Dennis Ackerman. Thanks so much for listening. May all your punts find the coffin corner thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube